now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Hello, Gilbert. Hello, Frank. It's Vincent Price. I'm talking to you from heaven. <laughs> yes, that's it, heaven. You won't believe where Gene Rayburn keeps that long, skinny mic. Anyway, I just wanted to congratulate you on 400 episodes of the podcast. Although I hear all the good podcasts are available at Sears. <laughs> Here's to 400 more! It's Gilbert Gottfried with my co-host Frank Santo Padre, and this is another episode of Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast. Well, they said it couldn't be done and that it would never last. Actually, the person saying that was me. Ah, uh, but uh, anyway, here we are, episode 400. I can't believe it. I'm exhausted. Are you sure we didn't start this show right after World War II? Uh, weren't we uh, doing this with the help of the GI Bill? It, I think so. It feels, <laughs> it, it feels like the first guest was Audie Murphy. <laughs> and we start the new season and episode 400 with an Audie Murphy reference. Hello, Gilbert. Yes. Well, oh. that's that's what brings the kids to the show. <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed show four hundred. How is that even possible? Uh, I'm I, I'm sick. <laughs> the, sh the show that had such humble beginnings in the in the uh, in the pizza store. In the pizza store. <laughs> Almost eight yes. years ago. To the day, uh, I think it was actually March, so we're, we're fudging a little. We sat at your kitchen table in your Chelsea apartment with Mr. Dick Cavett, not knowing what we were doing. I don't know that we still know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and trying this thing on for size, and uh, I, I personally didn't know we were going to go to 400 episodes in eight years. Did you? Yeah. Well, after our first one, and we were sitting in the pizza store. Yes. Uh, after I I thought well that was it we tried uh, forget about it right and with, with the, <laughs> yeah the first guest was kind of a bust as we pointed yes. out numerous times on this show <laughs> the late great professor so Gilbert basically threw in the towel after one show yes <laughs> Dara and I comforted him with a calzone and said, uh, let's, <laughs> let's try another guest. Let's try somebody who can actually, uh, someone who isn't 106. And, yes. and, <laughs> and, and lying under a heated blanket as we're interviewing him. And we called Dick Cavett, he came to Gilbert's apartment and, and the rest is history. And here we are, uh, surviving lockdowns and, and COVID. And we survived Raybone. 
And here we are, four double zero. Let's introduce our special. And, and, and Raybone is still looking for the answer to my question. Where did the film Casablanca take place? <laughs> <laughs> I talked to him last week. He's close. Let's uh, <laughs> let's introduce our special engineer for the evening, Rabbi. And yes, he is a rabbi. You know him. You love him. David Komarovsky. David. Hello, sirs. Thank you for doing this. It's my pleasure. I, I'm no Raybone. You're no Raybone. Uh, you've been a fan for a long time. What was your uh, what was your your gateway drug? What was your introductory episode? Do you remember? For some some reason, Jackie Martling sticks in my head. That that may have to do with a psychosis, or it may have to do with this podcast. But I, I, I was early on. I got hooked. Jackie Mollo. <laughs> Uh, and Rabbi, our fans, uh, our hardcore fans know uh, the Rabbi because he runs our Patreon trivia nights. He's a clever fellow. I turned to him when I knew that we were going to be doing this show under lockdown. Uh, Gilbert, you may remember that we were going to be doing this episode in Sirius uh, on, on, yes. Janu on January 6th, and then everything went for cocked. Oh, uh, yeah. The whole world changed. How's, how's my Yiddish, by the way? Yeah. Muzzle talk. <laughs> So we are here in our apartments, uh, my apartment in New York, Gilbert's down in Florida, the rabbi's somewhere in Ohio, we're doing it over Zoom, uh, nothing stops this show, we're like the postal service, and we've got some goodies for you, we've got some surprise call-in guests, Gilbert doesn't even know who they are, do you Gil? No, no, because <laughs> I don't take any interest in this show. <laughs> yes, we know that, we know that. <laughs> <laughs> which which uh, which would lead me into my first segment. But before we do anything, Rabbi, we're going to do something we've never done in 400 shows because we have you a blessing, if you will. What do you think? All right, I'll give you a blessing. <clears throat> and this will be much less pain, painful than your circumcision and a little shorter. Okay. So I'm going to teach you a, a little bit of Torah, considering that probably three quarters of the guests have been Jewish. They'll understand. Mm -hmm. Gilbert, somebody else will explain to you later. But <laughs> you know that every every Hebrew letter has a numerical value. So the first letter, Aleph, is one, and Bet is two, and so forth. And the numbers end with the last Hebrew letter, Taf. And that number just happens to be 400. That means, from a Jewish wow. perspective, this is it. After this episode, Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast is playing with the house's money. You I have, see. You have achieved the unimaginable. You have run out of numbers. Well, Kevin and Pollack hung it up at 400. Maybe that's a sign. No, we want you to keep going. We want okay. you to, to run this right into the ground. And All because right. I am of the, don't beg. Of the well, people. Well, we're trying very hard. <laughs> but be, because I am of, of the I people I think that, we've that, been doing a great job oh, running this into the ground. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you may know that one of my biggest fans was Paul Lind of Blessed Memory. So in his honor, <laughs> I'm going to intone a little Hebrew and give you, give you an interpretation of a classic blessing. Which, as Seth Saltzman will tell you, does not translate to blessings to all of the GGACP team, to Gilbert, to Frank, to Dara, to Genevieve, to all of their families and everyone who makes this magic happen for the last 400 episodes. We give thanks for life, for health, for having reached this milestone. May you grow old, but never grow up. Amen. Oh. 
I'm very touched. good. Gil- Gilbert, do you have a rebuttal in Hebrew? I would, I would recommend not saying that on an airplane. Oh. <laughs> this is the first show in 400 that's ever opened with a blessing. Thank you, Rabbi. Bless you. Gilbert, before our first surprise caller pops in, and we're going to spread people out, we're going to space people out uh, through the show. Again, Gilbert has no knowledge. He's okay. never actually even met any of these people that are going to call. I have no knowledge and no intelligence. Exactly, and, and little interest. Yeah. The rabbi and I, came, the rabbi came and I came up with a little game uh, that we like to call. What does Gilbert know about his own show? Uh, not uh, jack shit is the answer. <laughs> jack shit is one of the people who will be calling yes. in tonight. Okay, Gil, we're gonna try out See, a- two two things. I fail embarrassingly miserable with are stuff about this show and Judaism. <laughs> Those I I failed on. Oh, those are the should, only those are the only two things I do know. We should <laughs> we should point out that the rabbi who was with us here uh, was the man behind the Hanukkah quiz on the recent Christmas episode. And Gilbert, yes. you acquitted yourself so well. <laughs> Gilbert, you're one of the world's greatest Italians. Uh, okay, Gilbert. Th- this is uh, this is called "Who Has Not Been a Guest" on the Amazing Colossal Podcast. Uh-oh. Again, I say who has not been a guest of this Uh-oh. of this grouping of names. I'm so going to name someone we've had on five times. <laughs> so <I know> this. <laughs> I'll start with an easy one. Richard okay. Marks, Richard Benjamin, Richard Dreyfus, or Richard Donner? Richard uh, Dreyfus. Richard Very good. Dreyfus. Yeah. Rabbi, do we have a little tacky game show music for this segment? Oh, of course. Let's see. What have we got? My God. Excellent. He's one for one. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like the uh, the theme song to every bad 80s sitcom ever. Yes. <laughs> okay, Gilbert, who was not a guest on GGACP? This is a this is an ep- uh, an episode of How Well Does Gilbert Know His Own Show? Uh-oh. Steve Cox, Steve Winwood, Steve Stolier, Steve Binder. Who was not here? Steve Winwood? Very good. Look at that. Ah, look at that. Oh my God! I'll take half a Can point. We stop you, here. I'll take half a point because <laughs> you you said windward, but that's okay. Oh yes. Rabbi in the part of Frank Verderosa tonight. Uh, Gilbert, who was not a guest on the show? David Yazbek. David Mandel, David Cross, or David Marienthal? David Marienthal? I'm sorry, Gilbert. Ah. Do we have a do we have a deflating sound? We don't have a we don't have a order this kind of yeah. we have a, David Marienthal. Can you, can you run out and get a slide whistle? <laughs> well, no expense has been spared in preparation for show four hundred. David Marienthal is a uh, he is the uh, he's a filmmaker. He made a documentary about 
uh, the famous Chicago club, Mr. Kelly's. And he did a mini episode with us. No, David Cross has not been here. Oh, okay. You seem to have a memory of a David Cross episode. Yes. That never took great. place. He was on episode 500. Excellent. He really was good. Okay, Gilbert, who wasn't here? Judy Gold, Judy Collins, Julie Newmar, or Julie Haggerty? Uh, uh, Judy Collins. Look at this. Three out of four. What do you think, Dave? Impressive. Impressive. Gilbert, I thought you would do much worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's not over. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> I, I love the David Cross episode. Yes. Oh, God. We're going to do one other little quick bit of business before we let our first uh, our first guest into the room. And this is, I asked the staff, you know, you couldn't do this show really without help. It does take a village. We, we have uh, Twitter people, we have Facebook people, we have Instagram people, we have a, a bona fide rabbi sitting here with us. And I asked, Gilbert, your cell phone's going off. Yes, I know. It's David Cross and Judy Collins. <laughs> it's David Cross. Book him. While we wait, while Gilbert turns yes. his cell phone yes, off. Yes, I turn the phone off. He's down uh, on the phone. He's down <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> fucking ponderous. I was watching a... Uh, well, I'll, I'll, fucking ponderous. <laughs> I'll tell this story later. <laughs> I'll tell this later. Um, we asked the staff, we asked them what their three favorite episodes were. And actually, we took questions. Uh, we put questions out to, to Patreon people, too, and they wrote favorite episodes. But quickly, I wanted to go over this. Um, you know what? Our first guest is here in the waiting room, so this is going to wait. We'll bring, okay. it, we'll bring it back. We'll do staff favorites. Why leave this man waiting? Gilbert is such a fan. Shall we let him in, Rabbi? Ladies and gentlemen, an important contributor to this show, the great Gino Salomon is here. <laughs> Mr. Gino. Hello there. Uh, yeah, we've, we've got a lot of people to talk to, but thank you for calling. <laughs> okay, let's move on to our next guest. Hello there. <laughs> Hello there. Hi, G. Okay, you had said what you had to say. All right, so uh, let's let's get and, the show going. Yeah, and? you know what? I know why you want me off, so you can tell my stories. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the time I met the uh, kitty show host, Big Lee? <laughs> what happened, Gilbert? Tell us more. Well, he asked me. <laughs> If I wanted to drink something and I said, I don't drink and he and he said, do you have an aversion to cunt also? Wow. You know, as Marty Allen once said, Gilbert, you can't do that. <laughs> do you know, it's a perfect segue. First of all, welcome. Thanks for taking part in this. It's this an clear, honor. Clearly well-prepared epi 400th episode that we're... <laughs> <laughs> that we threw together in 20 minutes. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, has he stolen all your stories? Almost. All, he did not tell a serious story, the Sidney Poitier story. Oh, perfect. Well, we just lost the great Mr. Poitier. Do you want to tell it? Yes, I do want to tell it. So, <laughs> Gilbert, write, write this down because yeah, you'll be Yeah, let me get me. my pen. <laughs> okay. 
1986, Catherine Hepburn was hosting a tribute to Spencer Tracy on Broadway. And I was working part-time at UPS. I had no money, but it was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Sinatra, Jason Robards, uh, Stanley Kramer, and the great Sidney Poitier. And I spent that money. I spent ended up spending $2,500 to go out there for the show. And uh, over the years, I loved Mr. Poitier so much that I bought a bunch of posters from his movies. So about two years ago, I got in touch with his office and I said, you know, I have these posters. I'd like to send them. And I sent the posters to the office and I got this amazing card back from Sydney and Joanna Portier. May I read it? Please. Okay. It says, Dear Mr. Salomon, you have completely floored us with your gracious gift of reminders and memories of a, a career born out of determination and faith, much like your own. Your investment made on a part-time UPS salary so many years ago to attend a $2,500 tribute in honor of the great Spencer Tracy is clear proof of a person of faith and in tune with his in instincts. May your courage and generosity of spirit continue to lead you to the desires of your heart. We thank you from the bottom of ours and wish you a healthy, happy new year. And I couldn't believe it. It was so beautiful. So I went to put that card back in the envelope and there was something in the envelope and I looked and there was a check for $2,500. Wow. Yes. So I, I sent it back. I couldn't accept it. Now, when I told Gilbert this story, of course, he asked that I send him the check. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want the, he doesn't want this story. He wants the twenty five. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll I'll send it right to the Poitiers. Uh, just uh, send me the check. So I, I, I'll make sure it gets to them. Just oh, sure check and don't say another word about it. You can know it's getting to their house. <laughs> You know, that is a sweet one. Well, so Mrs. Portier called me. She said, you have to make me happy. Accept this check. Donate it to charity. So I picked two charities in Milwaukee and gave them each a check for $1,250 in Sydney's name. Classy. Yes. You couldn't you couldn't do it. You couldn't add Gilbert's name to the no. bottom of the <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked that he didn't take credit for it, really. Well, did I ever tell you about the time there was a benefit for Catherine Hepburn? <laughs> <laughs> And Frank Sinatra, Jason Robarts, they were all going to be there. And uh, and me being a tremendous fan of uh, Sidney Poitier, collected loads of posters. And, uh, and, and I sent him a letter and, and he said, uh, Dear Gilbert, it, it, it meant so much to me, Yoletta, that oh, if you don't make any money and you did <laughs> And you're willing to spend five hundred dollars. I am so turned on right now. Frank, did I ever tell you about when my dad? Uh, when nice my work, father, Rabbi. I have a story. When my father had his hardware store, and he would sell these these airplane kits. Oh no, and, I haven't heard this one. Yes, and because kids would buy them to sniff the glue, oh. and then. He would send me down the block. I would pull the airplane kit out of the garbage and he would just resell it again. <laughs> and shortly after, at the age of 15, I went with my sister and I started doing stand up for the first time. Oh, but, but I understand you can't remember which club it was. I don't remember the club. That's so strange, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Let me let me ask you a question out of the blue. Has Jerry Lewis always been nice to you? You know what? He, I can say. He was always nice to me. <laughs>
Tell me your three best Where stories. Where the star fuckers? <laughs> Where the star fuckers? <laughs> tell, me, tell me your three top stories quickly that Gilbert has stolen. It happens almost every podcast where I hear him tell a story or like just recently with Sally Struthers and Frank, you were guilty too. I bought and sent you both the DVD for the movie, The Finks. Uh-huh. I thought better of you, Frank. I know it was just- <laughs> I can't do it on purpose. I can't do it on purpose. That's bullshit. Uh, Frank <laughs> and I were walking down the street and on a marquee, it said The Sphinx. And uh, <laughs> we said, hey, we let's the see the this. Title wrong. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you buy it out of the money that Sidney Portier gave you? Yes. Uh, yes, that's I uh, because the tickets for it <laughs> for twenty five hundred dollars each. Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. Gilbert, if you're going to luckily. If you're Luckily, uh, Johnny Weissmuller <laughs> sent me a check. If you're going to steal and, the story, at least get the and, title of the movie and, right. And, and an extra check, extra checks were sent by Leo Gorsi and Hunts Hall and Pat O'Brien. <laughs> and Hunts Hall's cock. And, oh, and then what I love too, when I worked really hard at booking a guest, Mm. Gilbert says that he did it. He called the guest yes. and asked them to do it. <laughs> well, now that's that's crossing the line because we know we know that hasn't happened once. No. <laughs> <laughs> Dara has booked a few people. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Poor we'll give, give credit where it's due. Yeah. Poor Dara. Seriously. We need a poor, we need a poor Dara soundbite that we can just play. <laughs> we can just play on a loop. But. Uh, yeah, somebody, one of the listeners wrote in and said, uh, let me see if I can find this. Talk talk amongst yourselves. Somebody wrote in and said, uh, who were you most disappointed uh, that Gilbert could not book or would not book? Uh, uh, and I, I it's it, there's too many to name. I, I would even, say number yeah. one for me is Mel Brooks. If he called Mel Brooks, <laughs> Mel Brooks would be on this show, but he won't do it. Look at him. Yeah. Look at him. Well, look, he... <laughs> This, no, you don't have to rush. He's he's only ninety seven. You know, so. Is he only ninety seven? <laughs> oh, speaking of that, I'll find um, that question later. Yeah. I have another Sidney Portier story. Now I know us. this this sounds bizarre, but Sidney Portier was best man at Marty Allen's wedding. He introduced Marty to his wife, so. Marty was turning, I think, 92, and they'd kind of lost touch. And I happened to find the phone number for Sidney Portier's office. And I call it, and that voice, unmistakable, answers the phone. And I can't believe that it's really Sidney Portier. So I said, listen, I'm a friend of Marty Allen's. It's a thrill to talk to you. I said, Marty is turning 92 today, and I'm wondering if you could give him a call. And Sidney said, I will call him immediately. And he did. And they got back in touch. Wow. Yes. I, see, Gino, you're you're an ambassador. You're a show business ambassador. See, to me, he sounds like a Martian taking over the planet. <laughs> like, I will take over your planet immediately. <laughs> your puny weapons cannot stop us. We <laughs> will kill you immediately. <laughs> we learned to speak English from intercepting your radio waves immediately. 
And in the original, guess who's coming to dinner? He takes out a, a phaser and he shoots Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy. Yeah, and and Marty Allen was the original incorrigible student in uh, in To Serve with Love, but he was, but he, he, he was seventy two at the time. It was <laughs> and that's a, that line that I said earlier about Marty. Sweet Marty Allen, fantastic Marty Allen. I had a bike accident, and I told Marty, he goes, Gino, you can't do that anymore. Like, he didn't want me to ride the bike. He was so concerned about it. He, he wanted to watch over you. Exactly. I, I think Sidney Poitier and, and Marty Allen may be the strangest pairing since Brando and Wally Cox. Yeah. But what da, a great... Da, 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 <laughs> well, how about Midnight Run? Remade with those two. I love it. I'm totally or, in. Or, or, oh, oh, wait, wait. What's, uh, now I'm getting a total fucking mental block. Uh, uh, the one with Sidney Poitier. The defiant ones. The defiant ones. <laughs> yeah, Sidney Poitier. After, after 400 and shows, I, I, I read his mind after 400 shows. <laughs> do, do you want to retell that wonderful Adam West story? Oh sure, the now, one where you, I, the one where you mentioned yeah, the I'll bar. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, you've tired yourself out enough. <laughs> Go ahead, Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adam West, uh, few people know this, played Batman on TV. He did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Frank, what happened was that I had booked Adam for appearances over the years, and he knew I would come to L.A. Let's, let's recap for our audience that you used to book nostalgia shows and autograph shows. That's right. That's right. And uh, he called me one day and he said, when are you coming to L.A.? I said, I'm actually coming this weekend. He said, well, I need to talk to you. Can we meet up? So he came over to the Four Seasons Hotel. We sat down and you never forget the fact that that's Bruce Wayne across the, from you. You know, he sounds just like it. He looks like it. Yeah. And he said, Gino, I have a problem I need you to help me with. And, you know, it's Adam West, of course, anything you need. He said, my son is being picked on at college and I need you to send some guys there to scare the guys that are picking on my son. <laughs> I love that story. Well, and again, why you? Because I'm Italian, that's it. I, I <laughs> <laughs> and we got to do it clean. Okay. <laughs> it can't come back to me, all right? <laughs> what did you say in response? I said, Adam, I would love to help you, but I just don't know anyone that could do that, that could go there and scare, <laughs> scare two college students. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. I want them gone. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I want, want all of them gone. <laughs> yeah, I want them dead. I want their families dead. I want their house burned to the ground. G Gorshin was still alive. He couldn't put on the leotard and go scare them. <laughs> Gorshin chain kids. smoked so badly that I know. he couldn't do the voice anymore. The, the I Riddler know. laughed. Poor guy. Poor guy. He, that's another guy like Carson and, and some of those other guys who smoked himself into an early grave. Right. Yeah. Well, I think my time is up here, but, you know, like uh, all great shows, like The Batch Game or whatever, we have a poem from Nipsey Russell. Oh, do we? <laughs> yes. Are you ready? Wow. Okay. An extra oh. treat. 
Okay, and let me say, I'm not doing anything except an impression of Nipsey Russell. All right. Yeah, yeah, you're okay. not cul- you're not culturally appropriating. I'm not doing that. No, okay. Are you ready? You see Nipsey? Yeah. Yes. You see him. Being Gilbert's friend's not easy. It's not even very nice. Because Gilbert is Romero's ass and I'm an orange slice. Gilbert is so lazy, a good-for-nothing jerk. He sits there and does nothing while Frank does all the work. Frank. <laughs> Frank's the leader of the show. He's well-read and he's able. Gilbert's the piece of shit that sits on Danny's coffee table. (laughs) The show can be so hilarious. In fact, it's downright magic. And when things are really funny, Gilbert brings up something tragic. (laughs) Almost done. That he does. (laughs) My girl, Sandra Bullock, take it for what it's worth. She said... She said she'd only have sex with Gilbert if he was the last man left on earth. And Diane Cannon laughs at Gilbert. She cackles hard with glee. But even she is sick of hearing Jerry Lewis was always nice to me. (laughs) The 400 shows are in the books. And before this poem is through, I need to use Gilbert's words when I say, oh, thank you. Oh, that was, I got a tear. Thank you. I got a tear <laughs> running down. <laughs> I felt like Nipsey was in the room. Yeah. Wait, we need, you're horrible. Yes, he said, he's awful. He's awful. No, he, Diane Cannon said it best. Frank, you yes. are the engine that makes this show go. You are too kind. Dara is the amazing cohort and Gilbert. And co-creator. Co-creator yeah. and Gilbert. I can't think of anything that you do. He's riding the train <laughs> like the defiant ones. Okay, well, I, I think Diane Cannon said it best about me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to hear that ever again. (laughs) Salamone, you are a saint. I love you dearly. Love you guys. You've been you've been part of this from the very beginning. Thank God. Come that's coming from an atheist. (laughs) For the people that don't know, Gino has booked many, many guests on this show. Most recently Gabe Kaplan, which was a a, a, just a landmark episode. I was the one who spoke to Gabe, but Gino, Gilbert put in a way too late call to uh, to uh, Ron Palillo. <laughs> but, <laughs> that he wants credit for. You, you I are love a, you guys. Thank you for the, the service that you provide. I know many people like me that don't hear it on Sirius XM, but on Monday, that is a ritual in all our lives. Just appreciate you both very much. You are too sweet, man. I, I'm so I'm so glad you've been here for 400 oh, shows. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we love you, Gino. Good night, the everybody. Audi- the audience loves you. Thank you, and thank Nipsey for us. Uh, well, hold on, where is he? <laughs>
<laughs> Holy mackerel! Is it a monster? God. Oh no. <laughs> I'm leaving. Goodbye. Love Bye, you, everybody. G. Love you. Thank you, pal. <laughs> oh, I can't. I don't. Oh, uh, just before we let the next guest in, I just want to get to that. <laughs> by, the, by the way, Nipsey Russell, underrated as the Tin Man, Gilbert. <laughs> oh, that's right. Some of his best work. <laughs> Our next guest has a, a poem from Rod McEwen. But before we get to that, I just want to read the staff favorites because it gives me an opportunity to thank uh, the people who help make this show go. We'll start with Rabbi David because he's here. I asked him his three favorite episodes, and he said, and these are uh, these in any order, David? Uh, Bill Persky, Bob Einstein, and Richard Kind. They're first. They're they're all Jews. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> thank, thank, thank you for pointing that out. As were so my you have time. the same rating system that I have. Yes. Oh, is he a Jew? Okay, he's good. I, I assume you mean first Persky episode and first Richard Kind episode? They all It's the same stories every time. I can't tell. Okay. And uh, Michelle, who does uh, – Michelle Mantinian, who uh, very, very ably and uh, very creatively runs our Facebook page, her favorites are Alan Alda. That was a good one, Gil. Yeah. The first Bob Costas episode in the Friars Club. Uh, hysterical. One of my favorites. She said she fell off her bike listening to that one. And, <laughs> and, the, and the Arkins, which I think is one of my favorite episodes that we did under lockdown. Uh, Great Alan and, episode. Alan and Adam Arkin. Yeah, that was that was a terrific show, and, and Adam made a and nice that's, call to And that's the one where Adam uh, got in touch with you. Afterwards. He did. He called me and to thank me and said, I never heard some of those stories from my dad, and that was a real gift. That was a Father's Day show, and we'll, we'll keep that tradition going. And uh, Josh, Josh Chambers, who uh, creates the newsletter for Patreon and does all kinds of things. He does the great art for the trivia nights that we do and is our Twitter master. If you love the Twitter page, it's Josh. Um, and his favorites are uh, the Sonny Fox show. Also great, a great one. Great. One of your favorites, Gil. Um, powerful one yeah, yeah. very powerful uh yes. the mario christmas episodes i don't know he didn't pick one and of course bob einstein which i think would which is at the top of most people's list yes we will return to gilbert gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this without further ado ah. uh, we're gonna uh usher our next guest into the room Again, Gilbert has no idea who's coming up, but uh, will you uh, sign in, mystery guest? Hey, who are you? Drew Friedman. I, Drew Friedman? Judas. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Judas is here? I didn't mean to call you guys. I don't know how that happened. How are you, Drew? Fine, fine. Well, I guess we're in mourning again today, right? Uh, well, who did we lose oh, today? I'm afraid Bob? to look. All right. Well, Ronnie Spector. Oh, Ronnie, Ronnie Spector. Spector yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. She yeah. was on. She was on my list too. This has been a quite a, quite a year so far, right? Quite a year. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're getting to that age where there are just going to be more and more of them. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. That's you're, absolutely you're, true. 
your contemporaries start to go. You know, and she was she was seventy eight, and I'm thinking that doesn't sound very old. You know, no. yes, that no. that's when you know you're getting older. When seventy eight, she was a teenager. Was a for kid. God's sake. Well, she's like one of these celebrities. You know, you just thought of as a young young person. You know, sort of like Peter Bogdanovich. You always thought of him as a young guy, not as an old timer. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Peter was only eighty two. You know, yeah, only 82. Did. That sounds, you know, like just kind of right around the corner now for 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 us, isn't it? Well, my mom is 94. So, you know, everything is perspective. Everybody everybody seems young to me. God bless you. Know, well, Betty, I, Betty White made it to 99. That's pretty impressive, right? She did. She did. Hard to feel uh, sorry. Um, Gino was just here and he was telling a story about the speaking of people we just lost. Uh, and we certainly will talk about Bob uh, in a minute, who we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, but we we will uh, we will get to that. But but Sidney Poitier, and Gino told a lovely story about Sidney Poitier and his wife. You have a Sidney Poitier story, as I don't well. Know if it's much of a story, but you know Sidney Poitier. You read you read his uh, his obituaries, and a few of them said, you know, I bet you didn't know that Sidney Poitier directed Stir Crazy. So you know, I found that surprising because I you know I've known that for forty years. Stir Crazy was written by my dad. And he didn't necessarily work directly with Sidney, although they talked on the phone a few times. The late, great Bruce J. Friedman for our listeners. Right. So, they, you know, so that was in 1980. And I was living with my dad at the time. So Sidney called once my dad was out and I picked up and he was very cordial, but very formal. He said, hello, is Bruce Friedman there? And I said, no, this is his son. Uh, he'll be back soon. And that was basically it. Nothing, nothing surprising. So that's my Sidney Poitier encounter. Um, and but, and know, if we had had Sidney Poitier on the show, I could have asked him about working with Lon Chaney Jr. Yes, and I was going to bring that up because oh, very know, good. The Defiant Ones, which is one of my favorite films with Sidney Poitier, had Tony Curtis with a note with a fake nose on because mm -hmm. they originally was supposed to be Marlon Brando in that part, but he turned it down. Lon Chaney played the sheriff, right, Gilbert? Uh, yeah, I think they called him Big Sam. It was a hunting party. No, no, he was he was one of the convicts. The sheriff uh, was um, uh, uh, Theodore Bekel. Oh, He's you're right. right. Absolutely right. And, right. And you and you remember who worked for the sheriff, who was, I think, always whistling throughout the film. It was his last role in a movie. Carl Alfalfa Schweitzer. Oh, oh my God. How about that? And yeah. and uh, uh, an old Jew taught Sidney Poitier had to read. That's a great story. I just saw that and I didn't know it. Yeah. yeah. He said he was working as a bus boy and That's there was right. an old Jew there. He brought over a newspaper and he said, can uh, you tell me what's in the news? And Sidney Poitier had to confess he couldn't read. And he said that this old Jew after work, after they were through and everyone went home, he would teach him the alphabet and uh, words and everything. Yeah, that was lovely. That was lovely who, to read. Who was that old Jew? Did he ever disclose his name or anything? Lou Jacoby. Lou Jacoby. Wow. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it was Alan King. <laughs> I think what you're eating gives you too much cholesterol. <laughs> Al Lewis, Lou Jacoby by way of Billy West. Now nice. your your father your father wrote Stir Crazy. He, you told me he was not terribly pleased with the film, but he was pleased with the check. No, because you know you know how the movie business works. Of course, if you're, if you're a writer, you just you serve up your script and you disappear. So my dad wasn't really involved in the process of the film, although he got to know Richard Pryor, Gene Wilder. He had known Gene Wilder already. 
Um, but he served up the script. And then all of a sudden, Sidney Poitier had added another writer to the script, a friend of his named Charles Blackwell, who was this old, out of work, African-American writer, you know, who was like down on his luck. And Sidney, to, I guess, to his credit, that like, I'm going to help out this guy, my old friend here. And, and he gave him a co-credit on the Stir Crazy script because he, you know, he added some lines and some jokes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the writer, it went before the Writers Guild and they said, no, 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 Bruce J. Friedman, this is his script. And he he got the sole credit after all. And my dad was like, uh, Frank, you had asked me uh, how my dad liked the film. I'm not sure he was that crazy about the movie, but he certainly liked the uh, the, the checks he got from, you know, after it became a blockbuster hit. That was mm -hmm. a nice thing. Mm -hmm. Well, you also told me that of the of the adaptations of of his work that was turned into films that the Heartbreak Kid, which is turning fifty this year, was probably the most successful as far as he was concerned. I think he was happiest with that. That really was true to his short story. Also, his his tone in his writing and his is you know Neil Simon famously said, famous to me anyway, in an interview with Film Comet, that he wrote that as if he was Bruce J. Friedman, and you kind of get that sense when you see that film. It's really yeah. there. Yeah, and, 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 and Elaine May seemed like she was <clears throat> protective of your dad's work. I think so, yeah. She picked up on the short story originally, and then, you know, she was protective of the screenplay as well, and they didn't veer out. I think there was a little bit of ad-libbing ad like any film, and, and she, she was open to improvising, but they stepped, stuck to the script, and my dad was happy with that one, you know, mm -hmm. and he was happy with Splash as well, for the most part. But, you know, you make it you kind of make a deal with the devil when you're a writer and you're working with Hollywood. So what about his work on Problem Child 2? Why did you appear in Problem Child 2? Because Chico needed the money. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I've always wondered. Are we sure it was Chico who needed the money? Uh -huh. Now, you touched on Bogdanovich and we were we were talking on the phone and you met Peter uh at a party thrown by our pal our pal uh, larry karaszewski well this was four years ago and it was uh, i'll set this up because it's interesting it was out in hollywood at larry's house he threw a party for kathy and i and my new book drew friedman's chosen people mm -hmm. so you know they, which they gilbert and i are in i'd like to yeah. point out two yes gilbert, two portraits of gilbert in that book and one of you yes and a lot of people um but they Thank do that you. in hollywood they do that in new york they throw parties at their homes and they have the books for sale so larry did that for us which was very nice but then you know at the party i'm just gonna uh, the party became a who's who of gilbert godfrey podcast guests and i have a partial list oh do tell uh it, well larry of course and scott alexander leonard moulton uh cliff nestafloven was there? Oh, Cliff Lester Floyd. Drew, what is it? Cliff Lester. Niven Floyd. Crystal Fiven. Naven. Naven, babe. Hyven. Hi. Also, Lorraine Newman was there. Oh, she's Jeff the Ross. best. Chris, Chris, uh, Cliff Nestor, Foy, Foy, Chris Nestor, Flyvin. Gil, how are we not at this party? You well, it was in Hollywood. You guys were in New York. I know. I so love Dana Gould. Dana Gould was there. Stephen yeah. Weber was there. Wow. And midway through the party, in walks Peter Bogdanovich, you know, who I had never met, and he's wearing his ascot, right? So I go up to say hi to him. Larry introduces me and he starts thumbing through my book and he gets to Mel Brooks. He says, oh, Mel Brooks, I knew Bill. I, I, I know Mel Brooks, he's a very, very funny man, very funny man. 
And he gets to Elaine May. Elaine May. Oh, she's so, she, you know, when uh, she was doing Heartbreak Kid, uh, Sybil, I was dating Sybil. So I was always on the set, you know, with the Heartbreak Kid. Then he gets to another drawing in the book and he says, Jerry, Jerry Lewis. Oh, you know, he's a good friend of mine. I just talked to him last week. I said, uh, well, thanks, Peter, but that's not actually Jerry Lewis. That's Sammy Petrillo. So, <laughs> so he looks at me and he looks back at the drawing and he looks back at me. He's, he doesn't smile, right? So he says, Sam, Sammy Petrillo did the very best impression of Jerry Lewis. In fact, it was so good that I thought your drawing was Jerry Lewis. I said, so well, that's very nice. Thank you. So I, I wanted to ask him about Boris Karloff. I wanted to ask him. Uh-huh. So I, 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 you know, I to- told him I love targets. And uh, that's a good one. Yeah, the, 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 the two parallel stories, how he did that, how he linked them together, the, the, the sniper and the old horror movie actor. So I said, you know, I have a question about Karloff I was always curious about. He goes, yes. He goes, what did Boris Karloff smell like? So <laughs> he, he looks at me just to see if I'm smiling and I'm not. So I guess he wanted to know if I was being facetious and I wasn't. So he pauses, a long pause, and he looks, he looks, he looks down, he looks up at me, he goes, uh, Boris Karloff, he smelled like British sterling, which is a spicy lavender and an, with an amber fragrance and with just a hint of sandalwood. <laughs> said, All right. I was just always curious. Love that. Now we know. I didn't those want are, to ask those, him. You know. Those are all items Gilbert has stolen from hotels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everything you just listed. You know, at this point in my life, I'm just curious about how celebrities smell. You know, it comes yes. down. To, you, know, you, know, you know, he's been asked all these questions about these people, but I doubt anybody's asked him how anybody smelled. So I love that. On the subject of Jerry, what what do we make of this? And Gilbert, you've seen the picture floating around of Jerry and Dean in the shower. Yes. I think I sent it to Gilbert. Okay, so that, that's where it originated. Quite, so quite frightening. There's actually a few of them, and they're, and they're pretty explicit, um, some yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're in the shower together, the two of them, and they're lathering up their penises in some shots. It, it, and, and it's like, I don't mind started, hearing them talk about the love between them, but I don't want to see that. Oh, you sold it. <laughs> so, you know, obviously, they were even closer than we thought. Yes. <laughs> and, and, you and- know, the strange thing is, like, these photos were taken when they were at the height of their career. It's like, weird. The kings of show business. How did they allow that to happen? You know, yes. Did, didn't they for a second think, like, you know, maybe this is not such a great idea? You know? What's the origin? Do we know who took the shots? What the story is behind what them? What I've heard is that they were, like I said, there's a bunch of shots and they're all in the shower and the steam room, but they're naked, completely naked. Some shots, there's some other guys standing, uh, sitting with them, whatnot. Um, I, supposedly Jerry's driver at the time, who's who passed away, I guess, recently, all his, his he, he was a photographer too, and he took these photos. And then somehow these photos got up on eBay and then, of course, people instantly sent them to me. They're all gone now, I think, if you look for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I shared them with a few folks, you know, including you guys. Yeah. And that's all I know about them, really. Mm-hmm. Very disturbing. Very disturbing, yeah. So, Gilbert, you don't want to see a comedy duo uh, naked soaping each other up. 
Uh, uh, what, what about Burns and Schreiber? <laughs> that I'd pay for. Okay. How about, okay. How about Mitzi McCall and Charlie Brill? Yeah. <laughs> How about Willie Tyler and Lester? You know, even Sammy Petrello and Duke Mitchell, I don't even think they sunk that low, you know? Yeah. I, mean, you, <laughs> I, I told you my, my dad knew Duke Mitchell well. I think I knew that, yeah. From my dad's neighborhood, East New York. Wow, yeah. wow. He knew he right. knew Vince Edwards too. But that's right. that's that's for another show. What what else did you and, and and the late great Peter talk about? Well, that's basically it. We talked about you know, we, we, I didn't want to ask him the same questions that everybody did, everybody does because he yeah. you know, he, he's he's incredible. He's a great raconteur and whatnot. He has these amazing stories. Great impressions kind of, too. Yeah, and his impressions yeah. are are, are the Jimmy Stewart is like oh. dead on Walter and Gary Grant and his Orson Welles and you know, but I didn't want to like go there and like, okay, what well, was this one like and whatnot. So, you know, I, I kind of left him alone. He had a young lady with him, a, a tall blonde. Um, and, you know, he was like, he, but he was having a nice time. He was circ circling around the party and it was just nice to meet him and stuff. But, you know, it was sad to lose him. Also sad to lose uh, Bob Saget this week, who I did not know. Yes. I know you guys knew him. We, yeah, Gilbert knew yeah. him better than I did, but uh, yeah, a, a terrible but, loss. Yeah, Funny, crazy guy. He was great. I, I love I loved him. I thought he was great in the aristocrats. I think he was a brilliant comedian. I've never seen either one of those TV shows he was on. Uh, one was called Full House, right? Mm -hmm. And then there was a show with videos of uh, America's funniest videos. And yeah, he was yeah. he was the narrator on uh, how I met your mother. Right. OK, right. Yeah, he did a lot of stuff. I mean, he was versatile. He game show host. I mean, he did a he did a lot of things. He was a good writer. To me, the most fascinating director. Thing, most fascinating thing about him was that he actually, as a teenager, went out to visit Larry Fine at the old uh, uh, motion picture home. Yeah, that Hollywood. picture has recently turned up. Yeah, I never knew that. I know that. A few people did that, and I I still feel bad. I never did that too because I was out in Los Angeles then. Was that uh, the picture on, when they were on, in the shower? <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> But Larry was in his his wheelchair. And, you know, I feel bad about that. But Frank, you actually went to Curly Joe's funeral and nobody can top that. <laughs> I did. And I gave Tom Leopold the mask card. Yeah. And he reacted as if I had handed him the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, yeah. He has that he framed. Was in so happy. Yeah. There was no greater gift that, uh, that I could give him. I think I gave him a pair of Pinky Lee's shoelaces. Well, Frank, did did you did you climb into the into the casket with him? I did not. No, <laughs> no I, I, I was not a I was not a Dorita guy. I would have climbed in. I would have climbed Newgard, in with Besser. Didn't Mark Newgard encourage you to crawl, crawl in the basket just for a photo op? I, I haven't told this story since the Steve Cox episode, but I was living in the valley, hand to mouth, writing <laughs> writing Saturday morning cartoon shows, and Mark Newgard and uh, an old friend of Drew's and mine, and the co-creator of Garbage Pail Kids, and many other interesting things, called me on the phone and he was so excited to learn that they, that Joe Dorita's uh, wake was being held uh, mere, mere blocks away in the bowels of the San Fernando Valley <laughs> on a 112 degree day. And we got into my car and, and drove there and it was a sad state. I mean, there was, I, I told you there were there were three or four guys in the back of the row yeah, wearing stooge, back of the room wearing stooge this. shirts. Yeah, you told me there were a couple of guard. Uh, uh, I thought they were Hispanic I, gardeners. I, I thought they were guys that worked. I, I I thought they were guys that worked on the premises that they well, that they brought sense. in because they didn't have enough people in the room. So well, that's a beautiful Hollywood memory to, to, to have. <laughs> yeah. When you I know, was a kid, when I was a kid, I, I was. <laughs> 
I was watching TV with my son just a day ago, and they had on one of the full length Three Stooges movies. I guess Three Stooges in Outer Space or. Yeah, well, Around the World in the Days, maybe. Oh, maybe. Maybe that's it. And to show the cheapness of it, it's like they're in a time machine. And then you have footage of like Indians on horses. So, you know, like uh, this, they just had that in the film library and, <laughs> and there was, you didn't have to pay for it. So, okay, we'll have that. And then you had gladiators and they go, okay, this is free too. And, and my, my son asked who that third stooge was and how do you explain Early Joe Dorita. <laughs> there, there is a way to explain it. Some people really think that that's Curly just got old and fat and sick and untalented. Uh, <laughs> people want to think that. That's fine. Tell us what's going on with uh, with your doc, quick, because we got two more people that are coming into the room. Gotcha. In a moment, with uh, with uh, made by uh, the great Kevin Doherty, our mutual this is, friend. This is, yeah, Kevin Doherty's film. He's working on it. Um, he checked in with me uh, today and he said that it's really, really coming along and it should be out this year. And Shout, Shout Factory is behind it. Good. And, uh, you know, he keeps, sh- he, you know, I'm not involved in the film and the making of the film, but he keeps showing me clips and I'm really impressed with what he's showing me. Like some of the interviews he has lined up. He just showed me uh, his interview with uh, Mike Judge and with Mark Marin. And Great. You know, he's really doing a dynamite job on it. So I'm really happy. And people say like, so what's taking? He's been working on it for five years now. And I keep reminding people, well, Terry Zweigoff took 10 years to make the Crumb documentary. So Kevin's only halfway there. Oh, glad you brought up Terry because Terry was a special episode and we have you to thank for it. Well, that was so, just like a, a no brainer. Thank you. you. Know, Terry was a friend and, and he's a huge fan of the podcast. So, you know, uh, I'm glad that happened. Well, Gilbert had one of his great moments. Uh, you got to read the anti-Semitic film review. Gilbert from that from, was fantastic from Terry. I'd say it's one, yeah. of the, one of the highlights in the history of this show. Terry told me he could he could he could die happy after that. He loved it so much. And and there was one part out of that review that had to be uh, edited. Yes, that that shows how bad things were going in that <laughs> yes, review. That there's a bleep at one point. <laughs> Somebody somebody wrote on Facebook, I've seen it all. I've now heard Gilbert Gottfried bleeped on his own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening with your next book project? Oh, uh, my next book. This is my pandemic book, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, that I've been working on for two years. Um, it's a, it's a, a, an illustrated uh, tribute to underground cartoonists like Robert Crumb, S. Clay oh, Wilson, great. Robert Williams. That's coming out later this year with an introduction by Mark Barron. Uh, so again, that'll be out later this year, uh, hardcover, and hopefully there'll be book signings for it. You know, when this uh, horse shit is over, uh, let's uh, fingers crossed. We'll come back and promote and, it. And and you, uh, before you go, uh, you inhaled one of Marlon Brando's farts once, I think. <laughs> That's a long story. <laughs> no. Was Richard Pryor present? No, but you know it was. Uh, <laughs> I had the sense to stand back about 20 feet. So but I, I heard I if you inhale up, Marlon Brando's farts, you become a great actor. <laughs> I stayed back about 20 feet, but I heard them. I heard them. Yes. I didn't get close enough. 
because oh they God. were you know, echoing up and down Sunset Strip. Gilbert, why did you allow Francis Bavier's cats to eat her corpse? Because <laughs> I just did a spit take. Because Chico needed some money. <laughs> that explains it. That explains it. <laughs> you know, Gino brought a tear in the last segment, and now my other eye is tearing. <laughs> Drew, thanks for thanks for making the time, kiddo. Thanks for the help with the bookings. Thanks My for be, being a friend to this show. And a, Congratulations and a, on 400 episodes. That's pretty amazing. Come back and, pl and plug oh. the book and the doc when the time is, is ready. Bring Kevin with you. No, never. I never want to see you guys again. Okay. We, <laughs> love to Kathy. I'm sorry yeah. that I'm sorry that Gilbert uh, spent so much time on your couch. Happy, happy, happy memories. Are they really? <laughs> we love you. Thank you, buddy. Talk soon. Bye-bye. See you soon. All right. It's you, Dots. Who were who were the who were the next victims, Mister Mister Komarovsky? Let we have let's, two people. Let's let let's let them in. And uh, Gilbert yes, has Gilbert no idea. He's going to be surprised, yes. Gilbert. Can, can I the take off the uh, eye mask? Take, no. take, off, take off the mask. Can you see those names? Look at this. Why it's Stephen Weber. And Craig B. Errico. Where did What's I get with the Dutch angle, Weber? What's why are you Dutch angling at sixty? Because Don't I'm I'm a Batman villain. That's right. I'm a Batman <laughs> he, villain. He's the puzzler. No, this is Batman. That's right. <laughs> I'm the clock. I'm Clock King. Clock King. I love it. A Walter Slazak reference. Walter Slazak. Hi, boys. Has Walter Slazak ever been on your show? Oh, we had him twice. <laughs> And, and Craig, uh, you're allegedly proud of your Jewish heritage. I knew he was going there. <laughs> Whose mother are you? Whose mother are you? Who is this woman? Who's this woman? That's Linda Hunt. Gil? Gil, Gil couldn't do the show? No, but seriously, it's good to see Stephen Weber. It's mildly great to see Gil. <laughs> Say hello to the rabbi, guys. This is Rabbi David, who's, who's kept you in that waiting room. Hi, Rabbi. Hello, hello. Rabbi David. Hello. And oddly enough, the rabbi is ashamed of his Jewish heritage. Is that right? Don't figure that one out. We, we talked on the phone, and you said, and I said, because I've been to your house, and I've seen the Richard Kind doll. I've put it up on Facebook. Have you seen it? Oh, Steve, was that your gift to him? I fucking oh, made I it, this, motherfucker. You made I that make doll? It. Oh, I'm the one. He never huh? credited you. <laughs> Let me tell you the story. Quick story. I made it. I made it as a. Um, yeah, there it is. And oh, it, oh my goodness. Listen, <laughs> I made it because I had an ulterior motive. My motive, <laughs> this is years ago. Look at the envy on his that face. That looks like a photo. That's how good that is. Well, <laughs> really great. Richard, you can draw without taking the pen off the paper. <laughs> really easy. You just have to draw a line for the mouth. And two <laughs> um, so wait, just quick story. Because um, I know th there's so many guests. On this show, so you gotta, you gotta really. Hit. Who's next? Gil Hodges. What a great anniversary Zoom! Look at this fucking rogues gallery. Gil Hodges Who's is coming before up. us. <laughs> Gil Hodges. So wait, and, so so. And, oh. Go go go. Uh, Esther Roll was right before you. I made another doll of her. I have a Esther Roll doll of her too. Again, you just take Are the pen. You kidding? Right? Do you really? See, we oh. gotta go into business. 
All right. So, so what happened was uh, I wanted, uh, okay. I was going to a wedding in Lake Como. This is a long time ago, maybe, I don't know, 17 years ago, 50, whatever. And my mother was coming with us and I wanted to find a way to have my mother meet George Clooney. And I thought, and I had only met him briefly <laughs> during the ER Wings crossover. Okay. And I thought, okay, I really thought this through. I'm going to make something that his his group, his motorcycle buddies, Richard Kind being one of them, I think he's in a sidecar, I think. But, and, <laughs> and you know, and, and so I thought, I'm going to make something that becomes the talk of the group. And then I'll be kind of, I'll include. Clooney adjacent. What? You'll be Clooney adjacent. That, that's right. Clooney adjacent, yeah. Clooney adjacent. I'll be Clooney adjacent. So I actually decided I was going to make a doll that I would give to Richard in a at a birthday party, and I would invite George Clooney because it was going to be, I don't know, Richard's 50th or whatever it is. Right. And, and so the person who helped me, and I asked every prop guy that I ever met, they were all totally flummoxed. They didn't know about toy makers or how to do this. So I wanted to make a bunch of them. Who did I find? I found Stamos. Stamos. And Stamos knows everybody. And wow. he knew a goddamn toy maker. Like there's any toy makers around. Yeah, I know a toy maker in Florida. He knows a fucking toy maker. Don't ask me why he knows a toy maker. <laughs> you got a car that flies, you're going to need a car that flies. <laughs> That's right. Why do you have a toy maker? You know, in case I need to give someone a toy. Right? Okay, so, so he hooks me up with this guy. I make this drawing. He makes 25 of these goddamn things. And I even inserted a little voice thing yes. in it. Yeah, it doesn't work anymore. And I thought, this is great. I can't believe it. The party never happened. Nobody wanted to come to his party. They were all out of town. So that so then I was left for a couple of years with Richard Kind dolls. And plus, I didn't want to tell Richard that I made these dolls. He'll think I'm insane. Finally, <laughs> I said, I, I, I spilled it all. I gave him a, a doll. And then pretty soon people started finding out about it. Craig, other people. And I was giving out dolls. And I and that's how I made this doll. So I made a Richard Kind doll. And about, I guess, 25 people have them. There's no more. I'm sorry. I don't have any wow. more. Wow. Well, you should do the 25th anniversary commemorative edition. And I know somebody, I can't remember who it was, but somebody recharged their battery. I don't know. That, yeah, because I made, and there were four sayings or three sayings that he famously said, like, uh, I did it twice, and uh, uh, <laughs> and then one that I think Craig actually, I'm crediting you, you actually told me you made up something that he would have said, which is, for a guy who works out so much, it don't look so good. And so I recorded <laughs> And that you did tell you that. on the show you were terrible. I say it because exactly. I've seen you be great. Yeah. And Craig, can can you do uh Richard Kine bragging about his friendship with George Clooney? <laughs> when I first I, I met him when he was just George Clooney, mind you. You mind it. And we went we used to go out, oh, to Humphrey Yogurt. <laughs> and he would be so funny. He, they'd say, what do you want for your flavor? And he'd say, chocolate. But it was his way, <laughs> the way he said it. And I just, and we would drive around it. Oh, the women, oh, oh, oh. Oh, the women, oh. 
<laughs> in all fairness, debating yesterday in Rexall. I was masturbating in Rexall. Did you say you were masturbating in Rexall? In Rexall. <laughs> and some woman came up and recognized me, and I reached to I reached to get a pen, and she said, "It's all right." And I said, "No." And I fo I followed her in my pants around my ankle to her. I chased her down Beverly, but she got it. <laughs> 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 in all fairness, I, I invited Richard to take part in this. He could have been here defending himself, but he's he's on a he golf course. He doesn't have to appear anymore. There are forty-five of them. It's like yes, it's like, uh... yeah. He's on a <laughs> golf course in Hawaii. Soldiers. It's like March of the Wooden Soldiers. <laughs> he's out enjoying his life, and we're we're making party appearances as him. Exactly. Like... By the way, Craig, Dave Thomas uh, says he's a big fan of yours. Oh wow! And that would like and, and and would like to meet you. Oh, I would love that. The, a, Bob, a peerless Bob Hope. Don't you think, the, Gilbert? The, peerless. the best, the best <laughs> Bob Hope anywhere. Yes. Well, I, I, did you, did you make him do uh, the, the Chris Kringle? Or what was, what's the thing, what, the one that you're at the... the oh, I, uh, Jack Frost. Did he, did you have him step into like 90-year-old Hope in the hyperbaric chamber? You <laughs> 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 uh, do Hope's bloody I, eyes? Hell yeah, I got Oh, it. God, yes, he had those... Those blood. eyes that were like red nail polish. Blood eye. Yeah, that was scary <laughs> at the end. Him with soup. There's a picture of Bob Hope eating soup with like the horse. <laughs> oh, God. Encouraging him to eat soup. And he's just like, and it literally looks like lids have been flipped inside yeah. and out. You know what Dana Gould said when he was on the Young Comedian special and Bob put his arm around him for a photo op? You know that line? He said it was like t holding a sweater filled with light bulbs. <laughs> a line we like very much here at the ggacp oh, no I bring, I, I bring up langella uh steve because gilbert is notorious for having heroes meeting them and then never following up when ah. they when they introduce themselves uh mr carlin comes to mind and i don't mean jack riley from the bob newhart show right but uh he walked around for years with George Carlin's number in his. In, in I his... bet I know. I, I, why, what, what, why, Gilbert, why? And, and I had his number and I had Jonathan Winter's number. Another, another and, one. And Norman Feld's number. And I, because. I told the, you, him I would have called if I had to move. The few times. <laughs> he would have called Norman Fell for a ride to JFK. Yeah. The few times <laughs> I would call uh, a celebrity. And it would be a celebrity I'd met, and, and we just hit it off great. And then it's kind of like, you know, when you get a girl's number and she's like, oh, call me, call me, make sure. Can you read that number? Call me, call me. Don't lose that. Call me right away. And then you call her and it's like, uh, hi, it's Gilbert. Oh, yeah. Hi. I was friends with Ed Asner. You know, I say I was friends with him. We had lunch a few times, but I yeah. always felt like we loved him. I got Ed Asner's number in here. What am, what am I going to do? We're going to hang out with him. I'm going to go to the track, you know, the dog track. What am I going to do? Hang out, go to his house. When I was doing Music Man, uh, Rebecca Luca, rest your soul, uh, um, knew Tony Randall. And Tony Randall came to the show and stood up, stood up at, at the end of the first act. And watched, That's a show. That's a show. Like something like that. <laughs> I was so happy. I said, I, there's a big,
bigger fan of, of him you'll never find. And uh, she said, let me get up. I'll have him seven o'clock in the morning, which you don't do when somebody's doing a show. But seven o'clock in the morning. Craig? Yes. Tony Randall. And I went, of, co of course. Who else? Before the sun breaks. Who else? <laughs> I'm going to Fire Island for the summer. But when I come back, I'd like to have lunch. Are you up for it? I said, yes. And I think I saluted and put the phone down. And I, and I, never, I never called him because I didn't, I would, I, I, I could talk to him about anything he's done. But what kind of conversation, how did you come up with the dropping the mid? Like, you know, it's a midget, say midget. That's right. That, that yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah, that's a great one. It's, and you say, like, it's, it's, yeah, it's hard to get out of fanboy mode. On the subject of pinching yourself in hero, Steve, you're mentioned in Mel Brooks' new memoir, and that had to be oh, a kick. That was a good one. That was a good one. I mean, uh, <clears throat> and look, you know, Craig and I, like, we, we both auditioned for uh, uh, Dracula yeah. Dead and Loving It, which is, you know, mm -hmm. not his best film. I, no, it's really not. No, that's <laughs> it's, it's the lower two-thirds. That's but, like um, Zeus. Not your best Thunderbolt. Yeah, it, not your best yeah. Thunderbolt. But look, I mean, I, I, yeah, I pinch myself about that all the time. Oh, and that's an example. Maybe I'm just outing myself here. That's an example of a guy whose phone number I have, who I look at, and I keep thinking, I should call Mel. What am I going to say to him? He's, he's, he's 90 million years old. And I'll tell you what you say. Well, Craig's flying out. <laughs> that's right. He just right, right. He's in the Put car. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he, uh, I had a, I had a great moment with him. Look again, I, I realized oh, that, that was it, terrific. Tell this story. Well, I don't know what you're going to say, but I'll, I'll tell you, but, uh, uh, but I'll tell it anyway. But, um, I was at, uh, okay. So uh, they were, they were, the AFI was yeah. celebrating him and I brought my then young sons. I, they were probably, uh, you know, 10 and 12 or something like that. And, and they knew who he was and all that stuff. And I was, I got an invitation. So I took my sons and it was at, uh, it was at the Kodak Theater, Theater, and every star was there and every, everybody was there. It was just incredible. And I felt really lucky and I was sitting with my kids and we were having a fun little show business thing. And they showed a, um, a, a video presentation of an interview with him. Of course, he was there, but they showed this video portion. And in it, one of the questions he wa he got was, um, what is the funniest sequence you've ever filmed on out of all your films? And of course, we're going to think something from, you know, put the candle back, Young Frankenstein, or, you know, the bean scene, or what whatever it is, from the 12 chairs, even Frank Langella, you know. There you go. All that stuff. And he said, it was in Dracula Dead and Loving It, with Steven Weber, when he spikes the the vampire and the the gush of blood comes out like a fire hydrant force, and I'm looking at it like this, like, and 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 my son Alfie looks at me, he goes, "Papa, that's you!" And they even show a clip, and I was stunned. And I looked around the entire audience, which was filled with every star in the firmament, and they were looking like this too, like, ah. wow. <laughs> <laughs> who, you know, a who. B, what movie? C, what? And so that was a highlight that, of course, was... I love that. That's very cool. I love that story so much. I remember where I was standing in Vancouver. I was on the phone with you in Vancouver, in front of my apartment. I was wandering around in the foliage, which you're not supposed to be in. That's where I was when I first heard that story.
I love that story. Why That's did Mel so Brooks funny. kiss you on the on the mouth, Craig? He came to see Music Man with Anne Bancroft, oh. who's as beautiful as you want her to be. Yeah. I opened the door and there he is, as small as life, Mel Brooks. <laughs> and he comes up to me, grabs me by the side of the head and he pulls me in and gives me, it's not a soul kiss, but he just, a big wet inside old man can't control the inside of the lips kiss. I don't think licking was intended, but licking happened. Mm. It's, it's another thing with meeting people. You know, I, we, we watched people on TV and in movies for decades now. We're in the, we're, we can use decades credibly. And when you finally meet them, they're, they're mummies. I mean, I remember like, okay, they, I, when I was on Wings and I went to a party and Angie Dickinson was there and I felt like now at age yeah, 77, I could probably bang Angie Dickinson. You got a shot. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that with Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, know, are, you, are you still haunted by Gilbert's Wings appearances? Well, okay. So I was talking to my mother. I was telling her I was doing this tonight. And she said, you know, I was there when Gilbert did one, one of the episodes. I said, you were? He said, yeah, I was walking. And I think you may have introduced me to him. And I wore a big, at that time, I wore a big Star of David. And we passed him, and he, he, you went up to my mother and my aunt, and you just looked at them and you said, Jew? Like and it made, her, it made her year. Congratulations. Can I just say congratulations on 400 blows? What a wonderful, because what, what did Richard say? It's a, it's a, uh, Richard says it's a 90 minute blow job. Yes. Blow so job. congratulations on 400 blows. I thought yeah. of that just now. <laughs> you're like one of the compass guys, players thank you for letting me be a part of this gilbert i love you i hey, wish guys. that you still lived up the street i miss seeing you but i look forward to seeing you on the road who poked their fucking head out behind you <laughs> greg, greg i'll see you in the equity lounge we'll get coffee we'll have cups. we'll, we'll wear safari jackets and argue about the rules <laughs> we love you guys thanks for doing this bye we appreciate you guys. it. Bye. Bye, Rabbi. Go, Thank you. Go to hell, Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was that was the hilarious Stephen Weber and Craig Bierko. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast, but first a word from our sponsor. And we have another, we're going to, we were going to do a bit, but we're going to go right to the next guests instead. Rabbi, let him in. The you first person, the, the first person. You want to okay. let him, you want to let them both in together? Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Like a steel cage match. You don't know who's Gilbert, coming in. Gilbert does not know who's coming. Please yeah. unmute yourselves and introduce yourselves. Ladies and gentlemen. Hey there. Who who's there? Hey. Oh, Gilbert, it's Billy West. Hello, folks. Hi, Billy. Hi. How are you? Hi, Billy. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> what, what is that? Jackie or something? That's Billy, say <laughs> hi to the rabbi. Jackie. That's a real rabbi. Oh, really? So rabbi the, David. So the kosher technology is going to be uh, working for us good tonight. Yeah. Who, 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 who else is in the, the room? Technology. Gilbert, it's Dave Thomas. Oh, Dave. Wow. Comedy hey, icon. Wow. How are you kids doing? 
<laughs> We're yes, doing sir. great, Bob. Hey, it's great to be here. <laughs> what a show you got here. Wild. <laughs> Absolutely wild. <laughs> this is a fever dream. Billy West and Dave Thomas on screen together. Boys, you thank doing? you. For, thank time. you for doing this. Have you guys ever and met? Can, can the two of you, uh, Dave and Billy, uh, do uh, an impromptu sketch between Bob Hope and and the old Lucille Ball? <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me go to page three of the ad libs. Nothing right, like throwing, sweet, throwing them into on, it. Come on, sweetheart. We got to get it up one more time. Oh, boy. Well... I can still take the finger, Bob. <laughs> well, you took mine. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain oh. that to Dolores, you know. She didn't like oh. that a bit. They should be wheeling Dolores by any moment now. <laughs> yeah, they got her head strapped to a gurney like Dr. Hannibal Lecter. Yes. <laughs> Mind if I have a cigarette? <laughs> That, no. <laughs> oh my God! I I think that's going to help your breathing, darling. Yeah, I think so too. You uh, know, you're still a looker after all these years. I know, I know. Oh look, here's a card. Came right to the hospital. It's from Maury Amsterdam. Oh, that's wonderful. What what's wrong with comedy? What where are all the Maury Amsterdams and the and the Phil Silvers and the? <laughs> I don't have any cards for that, so I have no idea. <laughs> if you want, if you want me to just make something up, we're getting into very dangerous territory. Who is Steve Harvey? Who's he to declare that comedy is over? Bar Bar Barney, you want to hold that up a little higher? I can't see it. <laughs> hey, how about that red-headed bombshell Lucia Ball? Isn't she something? Uh, leave me alone. Why are you bothering me? Leave me alone. This is the ICU and you're calling me. Yeah. Oh. You know... I don't Thank know. you, gentlemen. That was beautiful. I love that. Great. Voice. I love that voice, Billy. Oh, you guys. Dave, I, was I, was, I was watching you doing that stuff so long ago. It was really inspirational because you were doing those um, road picture skits, the send ups of the road pictures with Bing. That's right. Bob, boy, was that funny. Oh, what, God, a, was that funny. what a memory. When, well, did you, when did you guys meet? Did you meet on like on a voiceover job or something? We, we met like in passing, probably at one of the recording studios. And I, uh -huh. I, I was in radio in Boston many years ago when Dave was doing Bob and Doug. Um, and they swung by and we were, uh, Dave was talking about a cod piece or something. I said, I, I was really into them back then. <laughs> <laughs> were, you, were you in Jethro Tull? <laughs> no, it was, I was a Shakespeare major and just the idea that something like that could actually continue for 400 years kind of amazed me. <laughs> God, peace. That's my card, you know. Remind me of Prince Charles, you know, and his card. 
Dave, what were you telling me? The story about Bob and the uh, and speaking of SCTV, what the, that he played China with an interpreter? Yeah, he was very <laughs> proud of that. He was very proud of that because that was when Nixon was going over there, you know, and and making inroads <clears throat> with the mysterious Chinese nation, and uh, and so we did a skit. I watched his show. Uh -huh. and it was Bob doing a monologue in China in front of a complete Chinese audience. And all his jokes were kind of John Wayne jokes and, you know, references to American culture. And of course, he was doing his monologue in English and he had an interpreter there who was interpreting for him. And the whole thing was just a mishmash. So oh anyway, I... I wrote this piece for on SCTV with Rick Moranis and the two of us played Bob in China behind the scenes with his Chinese writers trying to come up with gags <laughs> that would work for China. <laughs> and Rick was playing Milk Josephson and I was Bob. <laughs> reference. And we're in the room with a bunch of Chinese writers. These were actors that we hired to play the Chinese writers. So we'd try things on them. You know, what about John Wayne? It's just like, oh, no, not, nothing, nothing. Well, nothing, nothing for me, nothing, nothing here. And then oh, how about, so we go through a whole list and finally we end up with, with Dean Martin, who they don't know, but his character, Matt Helm, they do know. <laughs> and, the reason, and the reason for that was because I had heard that Matt Helm <clears throat> was really big in China. So that... <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those you just like what do you do with knowledge like that it's just he like, never heard his records <laughs> jesus so anyway i ended up showing that piece to bob hope and wow. sitting with him while watching it and you know he laughed but for all the wrong reasons and <laughs> you know what i mean and he and he, just, he said yeah you know yeah you know we really did that we, we did a show in China, but that scene there that you've got with that kind of behind the scenes is, is that that's close to what really happened. But I don't think it. <laughs> that is really so funny. <laughs> I love that. <clears throat> anyway, Billy, are you familiar with Joy's, the all star Bob Hope TV movie, which was a parody of Jaws? If not, we'll send it to you. I wish you would. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it has nothing at all to do with Jaws. <laughs> That's right. But Jaws was a number one film at the time. And they figured, like, let's have a one syllable word with a J in it. So they made it Joys, even though it had no shark, no ocean, nothing. Nothing. Did it have yeah. like Marty Allen in it? And Everybody. And Every star who was known in television at that time was on the show. Including Groucho. Hello there. You were talking about this thing earlier about the new uh, special, the Munster special. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you what you think, What you, if you have any hope for the new Munsters movie. Yeah, as long as there's a skit in it about Herman and Grandpa going to get a COVID shot. <laughs> yeah, 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 COVID. Yeah, what could you yeah, think, COVID. you big dummy? You locked us in the bank vault. Quit sneezing all over the place, Herman. I'm hanging upside down like a bat so I don't get sick, you big dummy. I know, Grandpa. It sucks. Maybe it's time to get a vaccine. 
Yeah, yeah, vaccine. She was one of the Andrew sisters. Yeah, Patty, vaccine, and Laverne. Man, they could sing them. Those Andrew sisters. Come on, Grandpa, you're not scared of needles, are you? Herman, I am not scared of needles. I got my own cure. I'm going to drink urine with all the hillbillies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boy, oh boy, these idiots are right. I feel better already, Herman. Maybe Steve Harvey is right. Maybe I should shut up. Maybe it's the politically correct is the way. To go. <laughs> New comedy mandate. Whatever you do, don't. <laughs> Everybody's ganging up on Steve Harvey. And and rightly so. No, he just came out like this, made this big declaration. I am never doing a comedy special again. Okay. <laughs> that was a pretty good one. What are the rest of us supposed to do? <laughs> Dave, have you heard have you heard Billy's Lou Jacoby? I'd like to hear it. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, all he did in the movie, uh, Arthur was lean in and go, What's it like to have all that money? And, <laughs> but the thing that I that these guys we used to talk about when I'd come in is how they cast the movie, uh, the diary of Anne Frank. Yeah. Two lead actors are two big comedians of their day, you know, like, uh, Lou Jacoby and, uh, Ed Wynn is the head of the house. And, and I would, I didn't want to laugh. I said, God, forgive me. You know, cause they would be sitting there here all along. We thought it was the rats and it was you, buddy. I stole <laughs> from the children. I and I'm laughing my balls off. But I said, Jesus, I've been in that house. Uh, been in that house. And I did those voices in that house. Just because I'm a nut. <laughs> we just like old old characters, you know. Do we have yeah. an opinion on the uh, on the new Lucy Desi movie, uh, Billy? Because I re I read the script and there are no there's not a single mention of Haitians. <laughs> All the nurses in this hospital are from Haiti. <laughs> no one speaks English. What's wrong? No one even speaks English. They must think this place is a cab stand or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did a little research and I found that Lucille Ball was in a Stooges film. Yes, she was. Yeah, three little, yes. yeah, three little pigskins. She yeah. was, she was a, a pretty hot, you know. Boy, she was a hot one, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck her. Blew me. Good boy. Hey, Larry, how's the dating scene going? Oh, woe is me, Mo. Can a stooge get a table dance? No luck. Bookus. Oh, that's a shame, kid. How old are you now? 120 years young. But so what? These broads nowadays are ages. Buddy boy, why don't you? I thought I told you to go fuck yourself in the last two reeler, Joe. You hocking my shinica. Oh, uh, what's the matter, Joe? You can't find a nice level-headed lady either? Buddy boy, buddy boy, it's tough. Forget it, Mo. He still calls women buddy boy. Why don't you go on a dating site? Oh, boy, that's a good idea. Let's see. For my future tomato. I am a nice Jewish boy who is looking for a classy, marriage-minded skirt to share my precious white muck with. How's that? 
<laughs> Why you apple head? What's the matter? You trying to get us arrested? Lame brain you. Yeah, what if you're talking to a cop, buddy boy? Blue balls in an orange jumpsuit ain't a good look. Oh, you're going to start now, too? <laughs> I can't keep it up. Do you have any of this? Three Stooges beer. Look at that. Oh, Dave. Dave. Dave's holding up a bottle of Steve Three Stooges beer. Wait, Dave. You can, yeah. I'm looking on your shelf because I'm nosy. And, um, and you have a time machine up there. That's right. And I have one of those in my living room. I'm not going to go get it, but I'll get my Stooge beer. <laughs> Boy, I wish I wish this were a visual podcast. I'm trying to remember. Um, there you, there who, he goes. Oh, he's got it, Dave. Let's see. We're like soulmates or something here. Oh yeah, yeah. He's got it. Do do tell the George Burns uh, story the the story about pitching George Burns' manager because it's fun. Okay, so my agent says Irving Fine wants to meet with you, and he, he's producing George's next movie. George has just done had just done Oh God, and I think he might have all already done Oh God too as well. Mm -hmm. So I said, "Well, am I pitching him a movie idea?" Oh no, no, he, it's a, it's a meet and greet. He's just got something for you. This is the biggest lie you ever get from me. Never <laughs> a fucking meet and greet. It's always a pitch. But anyway, I went in there like a moron, figuring it's a meet and greet. So I go into Irving Fine's office and I sit down. He's sitting across his desk. And he goes, so what do you got for me? Right away. It's a pitch. <laughs> so I said, okay, you want something here? We're on an airplane in first class. And George is sitting there because, well, he's God. God's not going to sit and coach. Come on. He's in first <laughs> class. And so two guys come up to use the first class bathroom. Two Middle Eastern guys. And they go into the first class bathroom. And then they come out wearing masks with guns. <laughs> you got a terrorist thing on a plane with God. That's your opening scene. And he looks at me and he goes, no, 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 no. He must have said it about 10 times. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, I said, you know, I wasn't expecting to pitch a movie. So, you know, I, I, I got nothing for you. Was George and, there or just those guys? No, it was just Irving Fine and me. Yeah. So that, so anyway, I say, well, I guess that wraps it up. And he says, wait a minute. What if we go into the, 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 the cockpit and the pilot is Charlton Heston? Because he's like Moses. Then you got like Moses and God on the same plane. And I looked at him and I just said, no, no, no. <laughs> and he said, get out. <laughs> oh, no. I, I had some problems with a, a lot of those kind of meetings. And I had so many of them. Okay, here's a, I, I don't tell, I don't, I haven't told this one very often, but Joe Flaherty and I were in pitching at Warner Brothers. And we got, um, I think it was Mark Canton. There is it was one of the heads of the studio. You don't uh -huh. get a pitch with this guy. And and we were really lucky. And somebody had set it up for us, like Joel Silver or something like that. So the night before the pitch, I'd gone out to Lucy's Aladobe and had this gigantic Mexican dinner. And the next day, I just got the worst 
shits that I just can't, can't even hold in. So we're in this office, the president of Warner Brothers office, and I say, we're starting the pitch, and I say, I, I'm really sorry, I, I gotta go use the bathroom. I'll just be right back. He says, no, no, use, use my bathroom. This is the executive bathroom. It's behind his desk. And I said, no, 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 no. I, I can't, I can't use that. And I, I, I wanna, I'll go. And he says, no, no, I insist. He says, hey, you're an important guy. You're doing a pitch and you will be in quicker. The other one's far away. So I, I end up going and using this bathroom and I do probably one of the most horrible shits of my life. <laughs> <laughs> And the door to the bathroom is literally three feet from his from his seat. So I come out of the bathroom and it's just awful. And so we sit Joe and I sit there. We're starting that pitch, and he says, Yeah, 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 I get it. I get it. He's being poisoned by the <laughs> yeah yeah i get it okay okay uh well, let me think about it and we'll get back to you last we ever heard of him oh. we got out of there <laughs> we got out of his office and joe looks at me he goes thanks a lot <laughs> said, we had that in the palm of our hands and you just blew it with your big ass <laughs> oh my god that's a great one everybody want to get happy yeah wait Go ahead. What do you got? The singing nun. How come everybody knows the words to it? <laughs> we got Sandler and Young's version. <laughs> oh, really? He was here. He was on the podcast. <laughs> you just saw Kennedy get his head blown off, and then here comes these this girl group, the singing nuns. Did we lose Gilbert? About a half hour ago. <laughs> Gilbert, Gilbert is croup. <laughs> He's strangely quiet. He might have grip. Oh, you turned the lighting down on yourself, Gilbert. I think. <laughs> and, and I think, what is this? You doing your Mrs. Calabash, Jimmy Durante thing, where you're about to yeah, leave? Exactly that. Yeah. It's Mickey. It's Mickey one. Oh, thank you guys for doing this. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Dave. What a pleasure. Pleasure. Pleasure mine. 400 of these shows, gentlemen. Wow. Congratulations on that. Please come back any please come back anytime. Will do. I won't rest until Bob Hope has congratulated us. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. I'll take that as a cue then and I'll do a little kind of a thanks for the memories of Gilbert and his guests of Frank, you are the best. Colossal fun for everyone. And always full of jest. We thank you so much. How about that? Yeah. Oh. Excellent. Wow. Excellent. What a closer. There you go, boys. Two of my favorite guests out of 400. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank it you. means a lot that you were with us for this.
and we'll see you both. Bye. In 2022. You bet. Thank much, you. much love. All right. Bye-bye. All right, Gil. I've got one last thing for you before we get out of here. Okay. 400 shows. Rabbi, did you have a good time? It was a delight. Thank you. Wasn't that funny? I think that Lucy, old Lucy and old Bob Hope, that the way they improvise that, I think that is one of my new favorite bits. Yes. Gil, Gil, that was very quick of you to pull that out. Ah, oh, thanks. <laughs> We're, we'll, we will we will save the uh, the Patreon questions we got for for uh, for this show. There were many. We'll do a we'll do a special Patreon episode with as many of those questions as we get to. I just wanted to sum uh, sum up. Thank you to the rabbi. Uh, we have to thank our team: Josh Chambers, Michelle Nantinen, Mantinen, uh, Greg Pear, and uh, uh, D uh, Dino Preserpio, and John Seals, and John Murray, and. Uh, so many people who contribute to this show. What we will do is thank people properly uh, across social media over the next couple of weeks because it really does take a village. And I prepared this for Gilbert, and I'm going to read you every guest in 400 episodes, Gilbert, we've had Howie Mandel and David Mandel, Paul Shear and Rhonda Shear, Joe Dante and Ron Dante, Eric Roberts, Eliza Roberts, and Tony Roberts, Amy Yazbek and David Yazbek, Bill Marks and Richard Marks, Michelle Lee and Ruta Lee and Aaron Lee, Lee Grant and Lou Grant, Shecky Green and Susie Green, Marilyn Michaels and Arliss Michaels, Dick Miller and Barney Miller and Mrs. Barney Miller. We've had Will Jordan and Will Robinson, Paul Schaefer, Paul Feig and Paul Buckman, Eddie Deason and Eddie LeBeck, Mike Reese and Mike Hammer, Art Matrano and Art Vandelay. Brad Bird, and Sonny the Cuckoo Bird. We've had Gold and Gray and Black, Dallas, Houston, and Orlando, Wink and Winkler, Ratso and Nardo, Adam and Steve, Clark and Ellen Griswold, George and Lucille Bluth, Elaine Dickinson and Ted Stryker, Fonzie and Ralph Malf, the sons of Oscar Madison, a Felix, and a Murray. We've had Porky and Pinky, Wren and Stimpy, the Ant and the Aardvark, E and She, Lemon and Mathow, Peter and Gordon, Burns and Allen, Penn and Tyler, Sandler and DeYoung, Mama Michelle and a dirty daddy, a kid, a lad, and a problem child. We had two Holland brothers, two Croft brothers, a Hudson brother, and a Mackenzie brother, the daughter of Frankenstein, two sons of Dracula, and the Wolfman's grandson. We had Max Bear Jr., Ed Begley Jr., and Raymond J. Johnson Jr., We've had Mr. Sulu, Mr. Skin, and Mr. Wright, Mrs. C, Mrs. Garrett, Mrs. Meathead, and Mr. Kotcher, Dr. Katz and Dr. Zayas, Dr. Bricker, and the daughter of Dr. Fives, Corporal Agarn and Corporal Klinger, Captain Pierce and Captain Parmenter, Private Joker, and the Roastmaster General, Jerry the Dentist, Gordy the Weatherman, and Bert the Chimney Sweep, a goodbye girl and a boy wonder, a local hero and the son of Zero, a usual suspect and the usual gang of idiots, a scream queen and a Hitchcock blonde, the king of the bees, the king of splatter, and the king of nostalgia, as well as the prince of pain and the prince of the city. We had Batman and a pair of jokers, Captain America, Captain Flash, Super Dave, and the man who made Superman fly. We had Ilya Kuryakin, Agent 99, and the last of the secret agents, Inspector Clouseau and Inspector Gadget. We had Brian Levant, and Brian Koppelman, Ron Friedman, and Ron Cadillac, 
Uncle Junior and Uncle Roy, Ira Glass and Neil deGrasse, Goldberg and Goldberg and Steinberg and Steinberg, Bruce and Bruce and Barry and Larry and Larry and Barry, Kramer and Kramer and Leo and Rio, Attell and Rydell, Chino, Giacchino, a cook, a baker, and Norman Lear hitmaker. We had traitorous Carlo and our pal Jackie Marlowe, TV's Frank and Hank Garrett, and stick around for Greg Barrett. We had Roker, Rain, and Storm, Orson and Mankiewicz and Kane, Cavett and Griffin and Johnny and Ed, Little Steven and Rich Little, Little Enos and Big Chicken. Jew Dots, Joey Pants, Joey Zaza, Weird Al and Choo Choo, Fish, Baylock, BJ and Bing Bong, Edith Prickley and Connie Conehead, Nuke Lelouch and Alex DeLarge, Johnny Legs and Iron Balls McGinty, Craig Bierico, Dino Stamatopoulos and Cliff Nestor Flavin, Wagner and Weinstein, Carlin and Colin, Schlatter and Scott and the other Tom Holland, Weber, Weber, Webb and Dear Ileana, Persky, Pat Cooper, Janet Ann and Rosanna, Artie and Angel and Healy and Tony, Peter Noon made us laugh, Tommy sang Moni Moni, Kenny Loggins dropped by, as did country star Mac. Steve Binder talked Elvis, and Sadaka was back. Hushemi, Zamuda, and Costas were here. So were Hammett, Dan Harmon, and Mark Evanier. James Karen was sweet. Bob Balaban, mellow. But we can't say the same about Danny Aiello. We had Malton, and Masser, and Murin, and Max, Slayton, Shapiro, the Kogans, and Flax. Rosenthal, Avalon, Burroughs, and Dennis. Fake Buddy Holly and the real Elaine Bennis. Emmett and Arkish and the great Alan Brady. Apatow Schultz and that guy with Pink Lady. Bader and Benson and Cox and Palumbo. Fantle and Johnson and Koenig's Columbo. We had Hackle and Marcus and B. Orenstein. Jackson and Juskow and Levine, not Levine. Eckerling, Serling and Sharpling and Sand. Larry Charles Lehman, John Sebastian's the man. Groban and Gross and Norton and Jim. Bergeron Bergman and Jonathan Lynn, Sheft and Bogdanovich, Three Ricks and a Dick, Skull and Fermanic and Quapus and Thick, Mencken and Osborne and a Munster named Eddie, McKean Mills and Modell, and of course, Post Stroke Betty. In 400 episodes, we've had two catwomen, two monkeys, two foxes, a partridge, a bobcat, an otter, a turtle, and a shell. Harris and Garris and Belzer and Delsner, Aston and Austin, Zwei Bell and Zwei Goff, Marshall and Zucker and Bill Macy, that motherfucker, Patton, Van Patton, Dooley, Sven Gooley, Marianne, but not the professor, and Holmes and Yo-Yo. Bravo, Frank. Go, go lie down now. <laughs> 400 shows, my friend. That's a lot of bookings. Wow. David, thanks for doing this. Thank you. Thanks for thanks for the sound effects. You want to throw one last one at us before we get out of here? This is uh, since everybody loves uh, Bob Einstein. I thought that his his roast of Frank Santo Padre at the very beginning of the episode is worthy. Of uh -huh. uh, would you give me your co-host name again? Frank. I, I forgot. Yes. It's like seven different names. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Did you guys see the documentary? Not you yet. You got to see the Bob Einstein documentary. God, we miss that guy. 
And uh, I will I will close with one thing, Gilbert. You know, yes. we, we got on the phone and we talked after Bob passed away suddenly. Uh, you know, sh- should we even do a 400th episode? Were we, were we in the state of mind to do this? And I know it's a cliche, but I, I, he, he was a truly funny person. He was a born entertainer. I, I, you know, I, I, I think he would, would have wanted us to do it. I'm glad we did. Uh, we, we'll, we dedicate this to him. Uh, a big loss. You know, I hate to go out on a downbeat, but he was a, a special part of this show. Okay. I forget the name of this. So this has been Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast with my co-host Frank Santo Padre. Thank you all. It's 400 shows. Thanks to everybody who listens. Thanks to everybody who's put up with us, who supported the show, who's booked the show, who's who's supported us on Patreon, who's been a part of the team, our cheerleaders, our fans who've, who've gotten us press. We're, we're uh, eternally grateful. And as I said, we will properly thank everybody across social media in the coming weeks. So God bless. Thank you, everybody. Now take us out with a Hebrew blessing, Gil. En tout chemin, en tout lieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu. Ni chameau, ni diligence, il parcourt l'Europe à pied, Scandinavie ou Provence, dans la sainte pauvreté. Dominique et les Kéniques s'en allaient tout simplement, routiers, pauvres et chantants. En tout chemin, en tout lieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu. Enflamma de toute école, fils et garçons pleins d'ardeur, et pour semer la parole, inventa les frères prêcheurs. Dominique et les Kéniques s'en allaient tout simplement, routiers, pauvres et chantants. En tout chemin, en tout lieu, ils ne parlent que du bon Dieu, ils ne parlent que du bon Dieu. Chez Dominique et ses frères, le pain s'en vint à manquer, et deux anges se présentèrent portant de grands pains dorés. Dominique et les Kéniques s'en allaient tout simplement, routiers, pauvres et chantants. En tout chemin, en tout lieu, ils ne parlent que du bon Dieu, ils ne parlent que du bon Dieu. Dominique vit en rêve les prêcheurs du monde entier, sous le manteau de la Vierge en grand nombre rassemblés. Dominique et les Kéniques s'en allaient tout simplement, routiers, pauvres et chantants. En tout chemin, en tout lieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu. Dominique, mon bon père, regarde-nous simples et gais pour annoncer à nos frères la vie et la vérité. Dominique et les Kéniques s'en allaient tout simplement, routiers, pauvres et chantants. En tout chemin, en tout lieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu.